Welcome to the Asset Management Mastery Podcast. Your hosts, Gary Lipsky and Kyle Mitchell, have more than 50 years of combined experience in operations and management, and more than 25 years of real estate investing experience. This show focuses on educating syndicators and apartment owners on how to build systems and manage their properties more efficiently to become a best-in-class operator. 100% straight talk. Let's jump in. Hey, everyone. Welcome to our Asset Management Friday segment of the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate Podcast. I'm your co-host, Kyle Mitchell, also joined by Gary Lipsky. Also, be sure to check out our Facebook group, Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate. How many times have you thought there has to be a better way while working through endless rent rolls and historicals? Enter Red IQ, who will process and standardize them, generate deep and accurate property insights, and bring you through the final underwriting all in just five minutes. As for underwriting, thanks to Red IQ's new Excel add-in called QuickSync, you can continue using your own model and instantaneously populate it with the data from Red IQ with just the click of a button. Request a demo today at RedIQ.com. All right. Today on the show, we have Devin Elder. Devin, how's it going? Great. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, doing well. Great to have you on. If you can start by telling the listeners a little bit about yourself and what you currently do. Yeah. So I grew up in San Antonio. This is where we operate. We're a vertically integrated multifamily operator. I'm in about 2,000 doors as a principal and operate a lot of those. Our management company runs a number of those assets and we are focused almost exclusively in San Antonio. So we like buying 70s and 80s vintage stuff for the most part where there's kind of value add component and running them for a few years. Well, awesome. Let's talk about business execution. What's your most frequent business plan you follow for your apartment purchases? Most of them fit within a pretty familiar box. And that is, hey, look, we're looking for some kind of an interior renovation with a 20% as a really as a floor, but I want at minimum 20%, preferably 30% or better ROI on our money spent on the interiors. As you guys know, we're going to have some exterior CapEx dollars. We got to do it. We might have to put up a new monument sign or solar screens or the roof or whatever, which will help, but we like to see, and everybody likes to see it, investors, lenders, we like to see it. What's the ROI on the dollars we're going to spend on the interior? If we spend $4,000 on an interior of a unit, can we get 20% or better ROI on that? So hopefully much better than that, but we're looking for a substantial component of units that haven't been renovated that we can go in, update, and see a ROI 20% or better on an annualized basis. Nice. What are some of your biggest obstacles you face when executing your business plan? It's people, right? You know, I mean, real estate is easy. People are hard. So I don't know if you guys have ever heard this happen, but you know, a contractor not doing what they said they're going to do. I mean, believe it or not, <laughs> that's actually happened to me in my career. The capital side of it's kind of relatively easier. You know, investors, you're dealing with relatively sophisticated folks. Like that part's kind of streamlined. But when it comes down to the staff on site, Sometimes there's tenant issues, believe it or not. So it's just people, right? It can be kind of people intensive. So I think those are some of the challenges uh, we face. And then there's just a lot of moving parts. You know, if you're renovating a 200 unit apartment complex, especially if it's got a big value add component or, you know, we've bought properties that were at 50% occupancy and take them down to zero. And when you do that, they're not at 50% occupancy because they're in great shape. 
they're at 50% occupancy because they're a complete disaster in every imaginable form, whether it's crime or, I mean, you name it. So just kind of cleaning that stuff up. That's the opportunity though, right? I mean, it's a few years ago, a switch flipped in my brain where I started looking at beat up old houses and I would get excited, right? After I started investing in real estate, I wouldn't look at them as eyesores. I'd look at them as opportunities. Now I feel the same way about multifamily. You know, you see a beat up apartment complex and go, man, I bet that's a California owner that has a loan maturity coming up, right? That's how, <laughs> that's how we look at it. That creates the opportunity. Nice. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, I was, I've been in a business mastermind group before 16 people from all different industries and always it came down to people, people, people. So I totally hear you. How has your, your strategy changed over the years? I mean, you've done 2000 units. So I mean, that's, that's a lot. So I'm curious if it, if it's changed. We have for, for the most part stayed in kind of this box of like hundred to 300 units. B and C multifamily in my backyard. I mean, I, I want to be able to get to it in a few minutes if I if I need to or I want to. We've deviated a little bit. We've done some development stuff. We've done some land stuff. We've done lots of single family, single family rentals, short term rentals. I mean, there's all these kind of peripheral things that that we're involved in. The lion's share of it really hasn't evolved. You know, it's workforce housing with a rent in the dollar to dollar 30 a square foot range. And, you know, our thesis and a lot of people's thesis is there's going to be a huge contingent of customers forever in that range. And so we haven't really deviated from it. You know, it's been harder to, to find, well, it's, it's always been hard to find deals as long as we've been doing this. I think, you know, you just have to get creative on financing, get creative on, terms with sellers and, and stuff like that. And that's also kind of the, the fun of the day-to-day is that nothing's ever just teed up for us. It's like there's always some sort of a creativity that you have to employ. It, that's been my experience. And that kind of keeps it fun. Right. Have you had a, you know, besides COVID, one of your other projects, you've had a like pivot because of the plan wasn't, wasn't taking or, or for whatever reason? We've done stuff, I would say not a major pivot, I think that what we've gone in and done was generally what we set out to do for the most part. Not to say we haven't had challenges. You know, if you got property with low occupancy, you're just going to have to bring a ton of cash to the table and kind of ride it out. And it's scary taking the plane to a nosedive and, and then getting real close and then pulling it back up. And once you're at 95%, you're like, oh, that wasn't so bad, but it's kind of scary in the interim. So we, but we've always planned that. You know, I mean, we've run pro formas with 50% economic vacancy year one, just because that's the shape it was in. So that stuff is a lot of work and it's scary, but it's also like, that's what we meant to do going in. So we've had minor pivots on, let's say interior, like, oh, hey, people are willing to pay for a backsplash that we didn't budget for, but the ROI is a hundred percent or 200% in a year. And sure, we're going to make that tweak. That stuff's relatively minor overall business plan. And historically we've kind of always done what we set out to do. And do you, do you buy in bulk because you're turning a lot of units, you're, you're centrally located? Is that something that you've done in the past or not really? We haven't. You know, I've got a buddy that started a materials company and sold it and did real well and they had good margins and stuff. They were doing like 500 unit type deals. So it made sense. We've looked at it. I just, not to date, right? And, and also because even if we're re- renovating a lot of units, a lot of times we're not renovating a hundred at a time. You know, we might be able to do five or six a month. And trust me, I love starting companies. I told myself, no, I'm not going to start any new companies in 2020 unless it was a new entity to buy a property because we got a property management company. We had all these different things going. 
I'd like to start a materials business, but we have not to date. And what are some of the tools that you use to help execute your business plan? Yeah, I'm real big on automation and software. So we kind of have two divisions of our company. One is what I would call the capital division. And then we've got our property management division. There's kind of different software sets for each of those, but I'm a big fan. Let's just say in our capital company division of task automation in our CRM right? So we know we're doing a lot of things repeatedly and certain things happen, whether that's an acquisition process or capital raise process or podcast production schedule, whatever it is. And, and really, I mean, big complex things can be broken down. And I'm a huge fan of trying to build a, a McDonald's type system, right? Where it's just obsessive about a system, creating things like recurring tasks that we finish X and then an activity set goes out and there's 15 tasks on it assigned to five different team members, but it's all going out in an automated fashion. And and so creating some of the workflow automation on the CRM side has been great. I'm really more on the equity side, right? We have a property management company, but we have a VP of ops that runs that. So I'm not as much on the day-to-day. On the equity side, that's kind of where I spend large majority of my time, but things like an investor portal where, you know, we just finished a capital raise and Everybody could sign digitally. Wiring instructions are there. We can track, we can track stuff. We get bank notifications when wires come in and we can let investors know. And I mean, it's, a, it's, it's probably going to be 50 investors on that deal. And it's just a lot of it's automated, which is a huge help. So software automation, definitely number one for me. That's great advice. If you could tell your younger self two of the greatest lessons you've learned regarding your business execution, what would they be? Mm, yeah. I mean, the big one is just don't be, I won't, we're on a live here, so I'll be polite, but don't be such a fraidy cat or synonym for a scaredy cat, right? Some <laughs> other synonym for cat. I don't know what it might be. Don't be such a fraidy cat, right? Because really all the stuff we're scared of, you know, we're scared of the unknown, right? And it looks scary at night when you can't see anything. And then in the morning, it's, it's silly that you were scared of it. So you have to get to the other side of that fear. Gary Keller writes in one of his books, everything we want's on the other side of fear. So I think that's kind of any business or any, anything you set out in life. You have to conquer your fear by getting to the other side of it. So, and I still do this, you know, do things I'm scared of quicker. So that you can get to the other side of it. Because when you get to the other side of it, that's when the confidence comes. But it only comes once you get to the other side. And then with confidence, boy, you can really go do big things. So that would be it. Yeah, that's great advice. Choosing the right insurance coverage for multifamily properties isn't that complicated, if you know who to talk to. At the Garzella Group, we're uniquely qualified to help you navigate the range of policy choices you have. And we're committed to saving you 30% in the process. We do intensive market research and have nationwide relationships so we can find coverage other insurance brokers simply can't. We should talk. Go to quotenow.biz and we'll start the conversation. I'm going to pass it over to Kyle and wrap it up. All right, Devin, we ask every guest this final question. What is your asset management superpower? Systems. Systems. All right. Gotta be it. Couldn't agree anymore. All right. Well, great. Devin, thanks for coming on the show and talking to us about business execution. Please tell listeners where they can find out more about you. Best place is our main website and that's djetexas.com. Perfect. All right. To everyone listening out there, thanks for coming on. And uh, if you like this episode, please head over to iTunes and Stitcher. Give us a rating, subscribe and review to help us grow. And we'll talk to everyone next week. Thanks, Devin. Thanks, guys. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please go to iTunes and leave a rating and written review to help us grow and reach more listeners. You can also go to the Asset Management Mastery Group on Facebook so you can reach Kyle and Gary and ask your questions that you want them to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, to stay updated, go to AssetManagementMastery.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with Gary and Kyle, sign up on the contact page so you can talk to them directly. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in again next week for another episode.